Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. As the Nationals are a strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, great crossover. Got him. That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. What's going on, everybody? I am Mike Cerrone, co-host of the DC Crossover with Cerrone and Simpson. Ben off this week. He should be back for next week's episode, but this week's episode, episode 130... The Falling Dominoes. You know what? I came up with that title mainly for the sole fact that the dominoes are starting to fall in place for our former Washington Redskins in the sense that Dan Snyder, Dan Snyder has hired Bank of America to help find a suitor to buy the team. Now, initial reports are about five uh, plus billion, but some people are speculating that the sale could go a little higher uh, into the seven plus billion range, uh, which again, we've seen time and time again over the last, I guess you could say five to 10 years that the former Washington Redskins, Dallas Cowboys, Real Madrid, uh, New England Patriots, all these different ball clubs, the New York Yankees are all worth in the billions. And we just saw recently that the Denver Broncos, who were sold, got 4.5, I believe, billion. Um, so honestly, this is a more storied franchise than the Denver Broncos, uh, and just a more storied franchise in general. Uh, and have also <laughs> Washington D.C. to back it up, if you ever heard of that city. Um, but again, we'll get to that here in a second. Once again, I'm Mike Cerrone co-host of the DC Crossover Podcast with Cerrone and Simpson. This is episode 130, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. also want to thank our proud sponsor, DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook. You can definitely go on there. Uh, use our, our promo code on, uh, D, on, excuse me, use our promo code DC Crossover on the Daily Fantasy app for DraftKings, DC Crossover again. Uh, you'll see our segment later uh, with the read that goes out to Maryland. Maryland's about to have DraftKings and sports betting in their state, which is awesome. Uh, so we'll get to that a little later, but once again, I want to thank you 
I should say give a special thank you to DraftKings for partnering up with the DC crossover with Saron and Simpson. Uh, definitely want to uh, wish Ben well. He hasn't been able to come on the show for the last couple weeks, but he will be back. Uh, hopefully next week we'll see. Um, and uh, I'm going to hold down the fort. I'm one half of the show. Ben with uh, <laughs> the DC crossover and all the other iterations as everyone who's been a follower of the show for many, many years. You know what the funny thing is, is that uh, I, th- I think we've told this story multiple times, and I'm not going to get too far into it, um, but uh, Ben and I have actually been broadcasting together since, I believe, 2010. So it's been about close to 12 years, um, which has been pretty crazy. So uh, definitely uh, miss having him on the show. He will be back hopefully next week, uh, but we'll get to back-, back to that later. Once again, Mike Cerrone holding down the fort for you guys on this Monday evening as I record this. Um, so, once again, also want to shout out to the uh, the YouTube channel. Definitely go check that out. You can watch the full replay of the YouTube uh, video on YouTube. Search DC Crossover on there. Uh, and also a bunch of other videos as well. And also the TikTok. The DC Crossover podcast on TikTok. We have all these great uh, clips on there from the show, funny ones and, uh, and and different ones that you know have to deal with the DC sports and just in general sports as well. Also, Ben runs the Twitter. I run the TikTok. He runs the Twitter. DC Crossover on Twitter as well. You can go on there. Uh, and I'm at Cerrone16 on Twitter, so you can go on there as well if you feel like looking at my uh, betting rants. Even though recently, betting's been all right. It's been all right. Not going to lie. Up some cash, up, up a few shekels. So overall, I'm not in the uh, mood to vent too much, even though the Chiefs killed me last night. That that really sucked. Um, but overall, won a couple parlays this weekend, so I'm in a pretty good mood for the most part. And obviously, you got the Ravens game tonight, which I will be betting on for the same game parlay as usual. But that is not in our money line, so don't worry about that. Not going to put that one in there. Uh, so, anyways, uh, once again, my name is Mike Cerrone with DC Crossover Podcast. And I uh, want to give a shout-out to this guy on TikTok. So, obviously, some people haven't transitioned into the TikTok game. Now, obviously, I was on TikTok uh, usually during COVID. That's kind of when I started because I needed something to do before I went to bed or, or just sitting around the house. Um, and I used to be into Vine a lot. I liked Vine. Uh, you know, the six second clips. And then I think they went and they went up maybe seven second clips. I forgot exactly what it was. Um, but overall, TikTok is awesome. It's a great platform for us because I can clip uh, some of the show and share it out to everybody. And it gets a lot of likes. I think we're close to getting 500 likes so far on our TikTok page. Once again, TikTok uh, DC Crossover Podcast. But this one guy. Now, it's not really grinding my gears or anything of that nature. And I'm not really going to try to give him a lot of airtime. Not even going to say his handle because his handle has like SpongeBob in it or something. It's like, come on, dude, grow up a little bit. So he goes on one of the uh, TikToks I posted last week, and he sits there, and he he has the audacity to sit there, waste his lifetime, like waste time in his life, to comment on the airport slash airline grudge thing that I did last week. And the first thing he says is, if people are complaining this much, they should be driving alone. Okay, dude, not talking about driving. Sorry. Okay, and, and also sorry that I don't want to be next to freaking, uh, you know, the New York Post 
uh, guy sitting over here with his, his newspaper out. Okay, sorry, I don't want to be next to this guy with a blimpy sub. Is blimpy even a, a sub place anymore? But it's like, sorry, I don't want to be next to this guy with some garbage food. And I'm smelling it all in my nostrils and it's all in my face. Okay, sorry, I don't want that. Okay, I, that doesn't mean I, has, I should be able to drive to South Carolina. Okay, dude, like relax. But then the second comment really hit a nerve. Now, when I say it hit a nerve, like I said, it didn't bother me. It just made me laugh because this guy has to stoop that low. Because whenever you get on social media and you sit there and you don't like a video or you don't really you know, enjoy watching whatever you're watching that pops up in your For You page for TikTok, that's what they call them, For You page, FYP, then you usually just scroll past it. You know, you just, you just go on past but in this guy's sense, he has to go on there and comment a second time. I didn't even respond to the guy yet, okay? And he sits there, and he goes, and just, just he said something like, and just for the record, I don't think this podcast is going to make it very far, and something or another, like, you guys should just stop it right now, or something of that nature, okay? I just don't get people, man. First of all, we're sponsored by the great DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay, we have a sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Hopefully, soon more sponsors that we're gonna actually gonna go out and reach out to, and hopefully get some more sponsors here in the next two months or so. But y- you look at it, and I, I just don't understand. Like, oh, it's not gonna. We do this for fun. Like, we do it for fun. I, I mean, we love sports. We love DC sports. This is what we do. We've been doing this for over 10 years now uh, in different iterations, as we said before, Radio Free Radford, WGMU, YouTube, uh, iTunes, I mean everything. We've done it on every different platform you can think of. And we've we've had suggestions from friends and family and, and listeners and different things like that of how to make the show better. And we've tried to do that over the years. But to sit there and, and say, oh, it's not going to go too far, I mean, that just makes me laugh because... We don't care what you think. We do this. I mean, we, we haven't gotten paid for this up until recently, obviously. We haven't gotten paid for this in years, but we love doing it. I've been to Ben's house. He's been to my place. We've, we've been to uh, the WGMU studios, and he's called into my shows when I was in college and different stuff like that. We do it for fun. We love doing this because we get to talk about sports, which we love, and we also get to talk about our teams, and we get to complain, and we get to love on our teams, and we get to get excited. But the problem is that I have is when people overestimate what you're trying to do. I mean, we're not trying to be Howard Stern here. We're not trying to be, you know, I don't, I don't care, the sports junkies on 106.7. We're not trying to be those guys. Okay, everyone has this dream of trying to have their own sports show and everyone has their own opinions and different stuff like that. Yeah, that was a dream of ours way back when. But now we have our own lives, we have our own jobs, we're, we're, we're getting paid for different types of things, but now we have a sponsor and we're getting some, some, some coin for it. But at the same time, we're not trying to be this above and beyond duo you know, we're some people's cup of tea. We're also not some people's cup of tea. We, we review water. One time we reviewed water. I mean, let's be honest here. We don't care. I think Ben is hilarious, and I laugh at him all the time. 
And then people think my laugh is annoying or obnoxious. And then some people think it's hilarious. So it's like we go back and forth and we've been working together for over a decade. So we don't really care. So that guy can go kick rocks down the road and beat it with his SpongeBob uh, avatar profile picture. Okay. (laughs) Gotta go pound sand for all I care. Anyways, once again, (laughs) had to get that one out of the way. Uh, But anyways, so. Going in to today's episode, one thirty, the falling dominoes. Now, I called it the falling dominoes once again, not because Domino's Pizza, even though when they updated their crust a few years back, A+, plus, A+. Plus. But the biggest thing is, before, I should say after last week's episode, Dan Snyder was rumored to possibly hired of hired Bank of America to help find a suitor to buy the commanders. Now, this was after the show, so everything that went on with the show didn't really have anything to do with this. But when this news broke mid to later in the week, I mean, I was ecstatic because the problem is is that every single statement they put out is always some big, bold-lettered statement. Like, oh, we're never going to change the name. Or we're, we're, we're never going to sell this team. But you're selling the team now. You're looking for suitors. Mainly because of the sole fact that you got caught. Something's going down behind closed doors to the point that you got to this point. Like it, it, it literally got to this point where you're sitting here and saying, oh, well now I have to find someone to buy this team because of the sole fact that something's going down with uh, the feds, or maybe the owners already have the votes, like Ursay was mentioning before, and different things like that. So now he's like, I, I just got to get the hell out of here. And also the rumors that Tanya Snyder got <laughs> booed at the Packers game and chance to sell the team, and she was so embarrassed to the point where she told Dan he has to sell, which is hilarious because there's so much other crap that went on within those walls that she probably doesn't know about but has heard rumors about. And Dan's probably sitting there, you know, behind a you know, an office door saying, it didn't happen, honey, it didn't happen, honey. Let me sit here in my sweatshirt. Like, that's probably what's going on. But honestly, the, the dominoes are falling to the point where now we kind of see a little light at the end of the tunnel. So going along with uh, being sold, okay, going along with being sold, I have to say that I think one thing that might be happening when it comes to selling this team is that you're going to get an owner that has some cash. Now, obviously, this team is worth a ton, a ton of coin. But when you're looking at it, not every owner that has a ton of coin is going to be the best owner. Now, am I going to try to speculate on who's going to purchase a team? We've had you know different rumors of, Uh, Byron Allen, and we've had Jeff Bezos, and Jay-Z, and I don't know, the guy who owns Dell. I mean, I don't even know. Some of these people, someone someone is is possibly a bidder that bought an island in Hawaii. I I have no idea. I mean, there's people all over the place that are trying to bid for this team. Because you know, over the next five to ten years, this team could possibly be sold for almost double of what it's probably going to be bought for uh, soon. Uh, Hopefully sooner rather than later, I should say. But uh, the biggest thing that I wanted to go over right now is my top five things 
that I would love to have changed in this franchise with new ownership. So let's start off with number one. Change the damn name. You got to change the name. The Commanders sucks. I mean, that sucks. <laughs> it is so bad to the point where this team went out and said, oh, we pulled the fans, and you know the fans chose this sweet, sweet name, which I believe wasn't even on the list to vote for. And then not to mention, you got this stupid uh, monstrosity of – uh, of a reveal from last year. Let's not like make folks wait. Let's not drag it out, Jason. What's the uh, what is the new team name? Doug, what is it? We are the Commanders. <laughs> <laughs> we are the Commanders. The Commanders. Jeez. The Washington Commanders. That's right. Unbelievable. I mean, literally, you had Craig Melvin out there trying to boost up this fan base. By his his sweet sweet laugh. I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> <laughs> That'll never get old. That would never get old. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it it sounds like he just like f you know flopped a set in poker. I mean, he got that excited for commanders. I mean, <laughs> so so dumb, so dumb. And then you have Jason Wright, who doesn't even feel like saying the name. They asked him what the name was. And then he gives it to Doug Williams, and Doug Williams is – I don't think he was ready to even say the name. Then they asked Doug Williams, you know, what do you think of the name? Doug, Doug so when, when you found out what the new team name was, what, what was the initial reaction? Well, the reaction was, you know, I'm going to hug I'm gonna hug Commanders, uh -huh. you know, because that's what we him. are, and, and we got to go forward with it. And uh, I, I do like the name. It's, it got a good – He's going to hug the Commanders. That's what this city has – become accustomed to is that we're just going to hug the commanders. I, now, I don't know if he really meant to say hug, but I mean, it really, really sounded like that. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to hug and I'm going to hug. Uh, what does that even mean? Don't, no idea. So they have to change the name. New owner comes in, rebrand it your way, redo everything. And hopefully you come up with something that the fans want. Red hogs, just hogs or, uh, Red Wolves. Hopefully, they can if they get Red Wolves, that would be awesome. I would love that. Okay, I just don't understand why that's still out of the question because there's other. Anyways, besides the point, not going to get through that. But tons of different names out there that can be better. Also, there's some names that can be on par with Commanders, like the Monuments or something stupid like that. You got to go with something that has the heritage in it, with the Hogs or something like that. Something that will bring back the old fans. Because I know some people personally who once they changed the name and they, they, they got all political and different things like that, they stopped watching the team. I know some people. Know some people. Number two for me, fire this coaching staff immediately. Ron Rivera, God bless you, man. God bless you. Love your story and all that kind of stuff. Done with you as a coach. Done. Scott Turner, you suck. See you later. I got nothing else to say about you. I mean, that's just how it is. You got to hire young, innovative minds to compete in this league. Kyle Shanahan, Kevin O'Connell, Sean McVay. I mean, kept Matt LaFleur. I'm basically naming all former WFT, Washington Redskins. I'm, I'm, I'm naming everybody from here. That's the problem, is that you have coaches out there. Kevin Stefanski. So you got all these guys that are out there that are reinventing the game. It's called a new era of football. You can't keep bringing in Joe Gibbs and keep winning. That just doesn't happen. And Joe Gibbs is a great coach, and that's why when they brought him back for four years, they won and went to the playoffs two of those four. 
That's a it's a difference. But you can't keep hiring these dinosaurs and these fossils that that come out here and they're like, "Oh man, I played back in the '80s, and we got to get back to tough grit football." Like you can't keep hiring these fossils. These guys are literally so old to the point where you know they're brought in here to change the culture and not even coach football. And then you have a, a an offensive coordinator who is so. I mean, he's so far ahead of his skis that he has no idea what the hell he's doing. Unbelievable. So that's my number two. Fire this coaching staff, hire some young and innovative minds, get a whole new staff in here, and try to rebrand this whole entire thing and let them lead the whole entire team. Number three, create a deal with either D.C. or Virginia for a new stadium. I prefer the RFK site because that has some rich history there. Uh, I know there's some land issues and different things of that nature that some people – uh, you know, like to have problems with or whatever it may be. But in my mind, when it comes down to it, that's that, that site has history, mad history. And I think you really should really think about doing RFK. Also, it has a red line and different things like that. It's not too far. It's down. I mean, it's in D.C. You have the best aerial shots you can have in probably in the entire U.S. with the monuments in the background, Audi Field, Nats Park. Imagine having Nats Park, Audi Field, uh, the, the new stadium, whatever it's going to be called, and then the monuments all lit up on a Monday night football game. I mean, that would be unbelievable. The aerial shots of that would be ridiculous. The secondary, I would go with Loudon Quarry because you still got the silver line there, still close enough to D.C. that you could say it's like a 20-minute drive or something like that, but that's besides the point. So we'll have to see if they can create a deal for D.C. or Virginia. My fourth, number four, hire a capable GM. You need to have a general manager that is good with talent acquisition, you know, basically scouting, different things like that. Because I don't look at people like, and there's not a Bill Belichick out there for every single team. When you go out there and you see a guy like Bill Belichick or a Ron Rivera or a Mike Shanahan, again, all those guys are dinosaurs. They're all old. And, you know, Bill Belichick still has the pedigree of winning some, but I don't know if it's going to continue that much now that Tom Brady has moved on. But you're looking at it and saying, you know, let's be honest here. What happened to to hiring a general manager, letting them do the personnel decisions, fielding a team, and then going right into, okay, this is the team I fielded. This is the team that we you know combined with your wants and our needs and different stuff like that, talking about the head coach. And this is the team that you need to go coach and giving it to the head coach. And then the general manager can figure out different things of that nature as well. Because I think when you put too much on somebody's plate, for instance, like a Ron Rivera, you're giving him personnel decisions and you're giving him this decision and that decision. It's like, this guy needs to coach football. Now, I just don't understand. Like, you have to oversee your other coaches, your offense, your defense, your special teams. You got to oversee all these different things along with scouting and directing your scouts. It's like, you can't do everything. And these franchises are worth so much damn money to the point where you can't sit there and give one guy all this power. Now, people give Bill Belichick power because, I mean, the guy's won 17 Super Bowls. But at the same time, you're looking at it and saying, Ron Rivera has been to one, and his overall career record is below 500. So what gives him the track record to have decisions about player personnel in this whole entire franchise. That's why I'm hoping that when they sell the team, 
it'll be soon enough to the point where they could fire this coaching staff, pay off Ron Rivera and Scott Turner and all them, and get somebody new in here. There's tons, tons of coaches out there in the college ranks and even some that are in, uh, you know, Eric Bieniemy, the, these type of guys that are out there that you can bring in and try to let them have a shot at being an NFL head coach. So we'll have to see about that. But overall, it's like you got to get rid of some of these older guys. I mean, they're, 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 the time has passed them. Not saying that Scott Turner's old, but he just sucks. He's, he's not good. Last and certainly not least, embrace a rebuild. I'm done. I'm over this. I said it last week. I don't want to see little squeaker wins. I don't want to see a little 17-16 over a, over a Colts team that, that you know can't even pass the ball 10 yards. Down the, I don't want to see all that. Because what I'll get into here in a little bit is we are literally mid-pack right now for a mock draft position. 16th. What is that going to help us with? Right now we're projected to get like the third best corner. This team is not good enough just to, you know, implement one third, you know, quarter corner or whatever, third best corner in the league. You have to get a top 10 pick. You have to get one of the top tier guys at a position of need and you have to get one of the top 2 at that position. Now you think about it, you don't want to stretch for a guy. Now we stretched a little bit for Dehan Dotson. Uh, this past year, but people are saying that that's a win because so far of what he's, what he's shown uh, prior to his injury. But you're looking at it and saying, you have to embrace a rebuild. I'm tired of these little squeaker wins. It's the same thing the Washington Wizards do every single damn year where they sit there and they, we can make the playoffs. Like, we can make an eight seed. Like, we don't want an eight seed. We want you to finish dead effing last so you can get a number one pick. We need another John Wall. We need someone like that. Okay? Like, We've had like three in three picks in like the top three over the last 10 years, 10, 15 years or whatever it's been. Like it's, it's embarrassing. I mean, it's just how it is. To build a team, you need to either sell pieces, get draft picks. I mean, the Eagles are undefeated and they have two first rounders this year. <laughs> I mean, the Houston Texans suck, but they at least have two first rounders this year. But we only have one, and it's at the 16th position. That sucks. So you got to embrace a rebuild. So again, my top five things that I would love to have with a changed ownership in this franchise is, one, change the team name, rebrand it, and redo everything. Two, fire this coaching staff immediately and hire young, innovative minds to try to get out of the Stone Age and out of the the uh, whatever you call it, the um whatever Ezozoic or some type of era with dinosaurs, okay? Because these are the coaches that are dinosaurs. These old guys that think you know running the damn ball and doing all this kind of stuff is is what is hip nowadays. I need to see some awesome, innovative stuff like we've had in the previous coaches that are now all head coaches having success from this franchise, I should say. Number three, create a deal to get a new stadium. You got to get a new stadium. FedEx is a dump. I mean, literally, it sucks. No one wants to go there. It, it opened with like 92,000 capacity. It's down to like 62. They've covered a third of the seats. It's embarrassing to see a flyover and you see, you know, advertising on seats. I mean, it's just dumb. Oh, Jesus. Number four, hire a capable general manager. We need to go back to giving a general manager the duties of a general manager. Okay. 
I don't care about past things with Scott McLuhan and different things like that. Whole new regime, easier hiring process with a whole new regime to put in place. And also, the general manager will do a lot of the personnel stuff. I don't want my head coach having all this power to do this and do that. And then they blame this player and blame that player, even though they're the ones who picked that player and this player. Don't want that to happen. This, it, it just, it just, it's a clash of, of, of jobs and duties, and I don't want that. Last but not least, embrace a rebuild. We need draft picks. We need young players. We need to build from within. And that's why you're seeing all these different teams build from within with their draft picks. And you see an Eagles team that's 8-0, and all of a sudden, oh, what happened? They have two first-round picks, like I just mentioned. And they're 8-0. We need that. We never have that. We either trade away a draft pick or we, we use a draft pick on a, a, a lineman or something like that that isn't that great or whatever. But we just don't build from within and embrace a rebuild. We have good pieces under contract so you can build around them. But you got to make sure that you rebuild this whole entire franchise from the ground up. Start fresh. Get a new regime, new owner, new general manager, new players, a new philosophy inside that building in Nashville. Alrighty, so we are moving into the rewind as we will get back into the Dan Snyder news of selling when Ben comes back and everything like that. We'll get his take, maybe his five things that he wants to see changed in this franchise. But going into the rewind, the first team we are going to talk about briefly is the Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals. Pretty rough week for them, not going to lie. Pretty rough week. 5-6-2, and two, not a single win on the docket for this Caps team. They lost to Carolina 2-3 in a shootout. So, once again, shootout woes start to uh, continue from last year. As last year in the early goings, we had shootout troubles uh, where we couldn't really beat anybody in a shootout. Uh, but hopefully, you know, we still get points, and that's all we need is we need points. Every single night, the goal is to get some points. Uh, Darcy Kemper with another strong outing, saving 94% of the shots he faced. So, once again, you got to see these strong outings from Lindgren and Kemper uh, as a good positive for later in the season. Hopefully, they can continue that throughout the season. Uh, the next game, we lost to Vegas 2-3 in a shootout, so almost a carbon copy of the score and the outcome. Uh, Lindgren saved 90% of the shots, so still above, 90 and above is still a pretty good outing. And I'll give, that, give him props for our backup goalie. Uh, having some strong performances as well. Uh, we had another 2-1 lead uh, in the second period, but it was squandered once again. Uh, let Vegas tie it up, and then we went to a shootout and lost. But then, then again, this team, especially without TJ Oshie, TJ Oshie is one of the best shootout guys in the entire NHL. And not having him is a real big detriment because of the sole fact that, you know, when you're looking at TJ Oshie, his, his moves – are <laughs> immaculate when it comes to shootouts. Uh, but obviously not having him is not going to be a good sign if we keep getting shootouts. Then we lost two games that were probably supposed to be wins uh, in our books. Lost to the Red Wings 1-3. Ovi tallies a goal, but it's not enough. As a dominant overall performance was nullified by however the hell you want to pronounce this guy's name, Vil Husso. Uh, his 33 saves for the Red Wings that really just shut the door on the Caps having a chance to win. And then, the other day, a loss to the Arizona freaking Coyotes 2-3. to 
What an embarrassing loss that is. You should never lose to the Coyotes. The Coyotes, I mean, they were playing here in D.C. That's that, that's one thing. But this this franchise is going to get moved or, or placed somewhere. This, this franchise sucks. The Coyotes are probably the worst team in the entire NHL. And we literally had our third straight game where we won the face-off and shot battle and didn't come out with a single win. Single win. We got one point in three straight games winning the face-off and shot battle. Shot battle, okay, a lot of the times we win that. Face-off battle, we hardly ever win. We're not that great of a face-off team. Unbelievable. Ovi tallies yet another goal moving into second place overall scoring uh, for one franchise, but that doesn't really matter. I mean, it's nice to have that, but we prefer a win. Um, and the, the problem was that we were up 2-0 in the third period, but, I mean, three straight Arizona goals the last 15 minutes of the game uh, just, just dealt us a loss. And I think the last goal was was a 36 seconds uh, left in the game. That was a heartbreaker. Moving on to the Washington Wizards. Uh, just going to run through these scores real quick. Obviously, I uh, need more time uh, with Ben in, uh, on, on the mic here to uh, dissect the Wizards. Four and six, the Wizards are. Uh, started pretty strong at three and one, but they're one and five in their last six. Uh, not that great. Lost three games this past week. Lost to Philly, 111-118. And they beat Philly without Embiid, 121-111. And they lost to Brooklyn, 86-128. to That was, oh, God, 42 damn points. That's unbelievable. Then they lost to Memphis, 97-103. That was a good comeback, you could say, because um, that was without Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal had an illness, so that was uh, unfortunate. But Kyle Kuzma and Chris Porzingis, I mean, when Bradley Beal's out, they, those are the guys that have to lead this team. And I do, I do, I will say this. I do like the, uh, the um, I should say, the bench play from this Washington team uh, over the last, uh, you know, four or five games. They've actually played really well, and they've come out, uh, you know, fired up off the bench. And we haven't had that in years. Our bench has always been kind of blah uh, over the last, you know, four or five years. But I did see some good things uh, in the games over the last uh, week or so. So we'll see how that continues, and hopefully the trend starts to tick upward for our Washington Wizards. Now moving on. To a team, which we just talked about briefly, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it briefly, maybe for an extended period of time, uh, that is on the verge of getting sold and also came out, unfortunately, with a loss this past weekend. We are the Commanders. All righty, so the Washington Commanders, we're going to get into them real quick and just kind of dissect the game a little bit. Um, so the commanders go out against our former quarterback. I believe it's our last quarterback that has had 4,000 yards in Kirk cousins. And honestly, they played really well on the defensive side of the ball. The defense has been playing very well. John Allen and Deron Payne have been dominant on the, on the defensive front. Jamin Davis, uh, you know, he had a slow start, but he's actually, coming in really well. I'm seeing him make a few plays here or there. Cam Curl might be one of the best seventh-round draft picks you could have in this entire franchise. I mean, this guy is out there. I mean, just I mean, 11 total tackles, two tackles for loss. I mean, he's, he, he's a monster. This guy knows exactly what to do every single play, and he's out there doing work, and that's what I like to see, uh, especially from a seventh-rounder. That's what you need. You need more seventh-rounders to pan out. So, Commanders lose the Vikings 20-17. to 17. I mean, 
you're just looking at this team. And again, I mentioned it last week. Okay. I mentioned it last week that I'm tired of, oh, we're, we're winning. You know, everyone cares that we're winning and stuff like that. Yes. I would, I like to win, but this is just, it's like quicksand. Okay. You want to mention this as quicksand because the sole fact that we are quickly losing draft position and losing games. So we had a three-game win streak. Awesome. We won 12-7 against the, the stupid Bears. Then we barely win by one point to the stupid Colts. And we're, I mean, now again, I didn't say I was pro-tank, but I wish we, I, I'm glad we kind of lost. I hate saying that. I hate saying it. I always root for a win. Winning always makes me happy and stuff like that. But this team is starting to really irritate me, and so are the fans. The fans are just, I mean, some of the fans out there are just morons. Some of them, Heineke needs to start for the long run. It's like, who's saying that? Who wants Taylor Heineke to start for this team for the rest of the season and beyond? I would love for people to tweet me at Cerrone16 with legitimate reasons. I'm telling you right now, that hype is officially over. has to be over. okay? Because the hype should have ended last year. It should have ended last year because of the sole fact that literally he had an entire season when Ryan Fitzpatrick went down. That was his chance. And the funny thing is, everyone goes out there and they're always like, oh man, he needs a chance. He needs a shot. Like, what do you mean he needs a shot? He had a shot last year. I mean, literally, when he goes out there and he throws the ball, sometimes he throws ropes that are, you know, within 15 yards. But then literally, he he throws these balls that are that are just, I mean, people call them YOLO balls, you know, and some people call them 50-50. But, like, whenever he throws it deep, I'm always like, No, God, please, no, no! Like, I, I literally don't want him to throw those balls. I would much rather them do a short to intermediate pass game from 20 yards and in and be boring as hell and still move the ball down the field. But, like, literally, he gets credit for bad plays. I don't get it. How is Taylor Heineke getting so much credit? Now, I'm going to read some of these quotes that I saw on Twitter yesterday. But how does he get credit for all this, oh, man, he, he's pumping up the team. Oh, you saw that touchdown. That was a long touchdown. What a throw. These people are morons. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I said this to a bunch of people. I love him as our backup. Love the guy as our backup. Love how he plays hard. And I love how he has all this energy, and I love, like, you know, his – uh, his, uh, I guess you could say his IQ, different things like that. But the guy isn't Justin Herbert. Okay. He's not Peyton Manning. He can't go out there and make some of the throws that he wants to make. You know, it, it's like that situation where everyone sits there and says, oh, okay, my, I, I, I know I can do this, but my body just isn't that type of body to do it. Like, I know I, I, I want to throw it to this guy that's streaking down the field, but sorry, I can only throw it 45 yards <laughs> into triple coverage and, and, and not get it, to the, get it to my receiver. Taylor Heineke is a great backup. Great. 
You want him to start for three, four games, be my guest. I would love it. I would love to keep him on the staff. Or I should, I should say, keep him on the roster, not staff. I, I, honestly, I'd probably love to keep him on the staff anyways. It's like a Kellen Moore situation in Dallas. But if they get a new coaching staff, they have to understand one thing. He is a backup. I'm sorry. He's a backup. That's just how it is. People sit there and they want to have excuse after excuse after excuse when it comes to how this team has been performing. I mean, people are acting like this commander's team is scoring 28 points a game and losing by three, just barely. Here are some of the comments that I saw on Twitter yesterday that really made my skin crawl. Number one, he plays very hard. I I love that he plays hard. That doesn't mean he's good. I mean, a lot of these players play hard. I always trashed on Reed Dowdy for years. I bet that guy played his ass off every single week. But I think he sucked because he made tackles because he would miss and have bad coverage. Number two, stats don't matter as long as we got the win. There was a 49-yard pass play to Curtis Samuel that ended up in a touchdown where the ball was thrown into triple coverage, and I couldn't tell. I don't know if it was – I forgot exactly who was coming over. One of the DBs was coming over for a wide-open interception, and the ref hit him. (laughs) It would have been a wide-open interception. Plus, if you count that 49 yards that he got credited for and subtract that from his total of 149 yards, the dude would have thrown for 100 yards. Stats don't matter, really. (laughs) Moronic take. Wentz gets paid way too much. Rather have Heineke's salary. (laughs) You got to pay Wentz no matter what anyways. You might as well pay the guy that can actually make some of the throws down the field and not noodle arm it like Ryan Zimmerman at the end of his career and and, and, and just pay him. you got to pay him either way. He's on your contract, or he's under contract, I should say, on your team. Stupid, because it doesn't make any sense. Okay, what, do you want to bench him just because it's not like the salary comes off the books when you bench somebody. People are chanting his name in the stadium. What people? I'm sure the the Vikings fans were cheer, cheering his his, uh, his name too when he was throwing for a hundred yards. Besides that forty nine yard touchdown, I would cheer for him too if I was on the opposing team. I mean, all he does is run around. That's why he doesn't he doesn't get sacked that often. That's the biggest plus in this guy's game. He moves the offense so much better. I'm not even gonna go to this. Moves the offense so much better. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is some you know MVP person like he was back in 2017 but let's be honest here moves the offense better I mean yeah sure keep throwing the ball six yards down the field I'm sure that's really going to help our offense move down the field the last thing that I think is hilarious is give him a chance he deserves it participation trophy much I mean it's like (laughs) participation trophies are that he deserves a shot to get on the all-star team. No, he doesn't. Sorry he had three errors in the championship game. <laughs> like, it's like certain things like that. People just think that, you know, this is a profession. If you're not that great, then you're not going to start. But for this team, everyone is still hung up on that Tampa Bay 
playoff game where, yes, he played his ass off, and yes, it was an entertaining game even though we lost, but everyone still goes on that, and everyone still goes on all these players saying, you know, he's a guy we really want to fight for and stuff like that because he brings the energy, he brings, you know, the IQ and all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm sorry, he's not that good. Sorry to break it to you that this team is not a great team with Taylor Heineke at the helm. I'm sorry. Is, is Carson Wentz so much better? Probably not. But everyone, everyone, 99%, so maybe not everyone, if it's 99%, said Carson Wentz is an upgrade. But now everyone's taking that back, saying that Carson Wentz sucks. Oh, Carson Wentz is not even playing right now, and everyone's still talking about him. It's unbelievable. I mean, it, it just it just blows my mind how Carson Wentz gets so much shrapnel and he's not even on the field. Carson Wentz sucks so much better than Wentz. So Taylor Heineke didn't do crap for us last year. Did we make the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl? No. The guy threw 20 touchdowns and like 16 picks. <laughs> I mean, my God. <sighs> Anyways, I'll probably get into more of that next week too because he'll probably go out there, throw for 127 yards, and people will say that he played hard and he, and he deserves uh, you know a contract. Anyways, I mean, let's be honest here. He, he threw for 149 yards. Sweet, two touchdowns, one interception. But it should be one touchdown and two interceptions. But, I mean, it's just terrible. I mean, I'm sorry. Going a little positive for yesterday's game. Cam Curl, 11 tackles. Uh, like I said before, 11 total tackles, I should say. Two tackles for loss. John Allen, two total tackles. Two tackles for loss for him. Another great great game for him. Deron Payne, huge game for him. Six total tackles. Four tackles for loss. So between the two Bama players, six tackles for loss. That's exactly what we've been hoping to have over the last two, three years of having them. Uh, but uh, another guy you got to give a shout-out to is Benjamin Shade St. Juiced. Three tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, two pass defense. I mean, pretty damn good, if you ask me. This guy is starting to you know, prove that he can be a top two corner on this ball club. Uh, and, and, and see what we're going to have in the offseason because William Jackson was brought in here and St. Juiced easily has just uh, outperformed Jackson. Now Jackson is a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, but overall, Benjamin St. Juice gives some shout-outs to him. Three tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, and two pass defense. So uh, overall, not a great loss, 20-17. to uh, We move... <laughs> A little bit farther down in the, the the chart of wins and losses, but everyone's still gonna hold their hat and hang their hat on, you know. Oh my gosh, you know we have a, a chance to make the playoffs. Like we're only a, a game and a half out. I don't get people like that. I know you want to be, you know, I know people want to be so optimistic about this team, and you know, oh, all we want to do is make the playoffs. I, I so I'm sorry. I want to have a better draft pick. I much rather watch the Caps. And 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 whatever else, March Madness and stuff like that, and bet on those things rather than grasp at getting a spot in the playoffs and then just get waxed by somebody. This team isn't a Super Bowl winning team. Like that's one question I should pose: Is do you guys think this is the question I'm going to pose? And I'll post this on TikTok, DC Crossover Podcast. Question of the day. If somehow we have a chance to make the playoffs in the last two, three weeks because we're kind of being mediocre, 500-ish, 
but then all the other teams are being around 500. Who do you start? Because everyone wants to say Taylor Heineke, Taylor Heineke this, Taylor Heineke that. But if we're playing 500 ball and he's not looking great and throwing for 132 yards every single week, we're scoring, you know, 14 points a week or whatever it is, you put Wentz back in. I don't know. We'll see. The NFC East, the Eagles 8-0, Giants and Cowboys at 6-2, and, and the Commanders at 4-5. and five. Now, moving on to a team that struggled this past week, but I just wanted to briefly touch on them before we get to our final lap. The Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals. I just wanted to, you know, talk about them really fast. I mean, it's going to be a really, really, really fast uh, segment for the Caps. I just think that when you're looking at the Caps this season, it, it's hard to judge them right now because people are going to sit there and say, man, they're having a down year or something like that. But the problem is TJ Oshie's out. He's out for another eight days. I mean, obviously on CBS it says like out until at least, so you never know. But he's out until at least November 15th. And also, so is Carl Hagelin. I haven't seen Carl Hagelin forever, but I thought it was like an eye injury, but then someone, I saw something else. It was weird. So he's also, quote unquote, out until at least November 15th. John Carlson got injured recently, but he's out for another couple days uh, until the 9th. Uh, Nick Backstrom, hopefully we see him. He's the one that's the latest, the furthest down on this list for the new year, January 1st. And Tom Wilson out until at least December 7th. Uh, recovering from that knee injury last year in the playoffs. I keep eating this mic. So stupid. I, I think I need to stop blinking. Um, but anyways, I mean, literally, TJ Oshie, top six liner. Carl Haglin, one of the grinders on the fourth line, uh, typically sometimes on the third line. Nick Backstrom, top six liner. Tom Wilson, top six liner. Top three liner, technically. And John Carlson, our best defender. So you're looking at it right there and saying those five players – out of those five players, we probably have four of those are probably in our top eight players. <laughs> I mean, and not having them is a struggle. So honestly, if you think about it, thank God we got those goalies. Because if you look at it this way, right now, right now, if we had last year's regime in between the pipes, we would be a, in a lot worse stance if you ask me. Kemper has been playing really lights out over the last three or four games that he has started. Lindgren has been filling in as well on the back-to-back. So, all in all, you just got to hope that the Caps can survive until these guys come back. Now, I think the benchmark to see how well this team is going to be going is December 7th when Tom Wilson comes back. Because Tom Wilson, when he comes back, obviously it's not going to be all lights and flashes and all this kind of stuff saying, oh, Tom Wilson's back. It's going to take a little while. It might take two weeks for him to get back into playing shape with everybody and back into the groove of playing, you know, four times a week. Okay. I've had knee injuries like that. And it takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of, of a mentality type of uh, mindset to come back in there. And it's a psychological thing. You got to make sure your, your knee's tough enough. You got to make sure your, your, your knee is strong enough to go out there and, and, and for you to play at your best. So we'll see what happens, but just wanted to touch on the Caps really quickly uh, before we get into our final lap. So let's get right into the final lap right here on the DC Crossover 
Ring the bell. All righty. So, the first thing on the final lap, Tom Brady becomes the first ever quarterback to throw for 100,000 yards. He's also the first quarterback to throw for 100,000 yards and be in line for a divorce. So, that's another thing. Uh, that was some shade. I probably shouldn't have said that. Uh, <laughs> Frank Reich is out as the Colts head coach. How about that? The Colts, they're all over the place, man. They wanted Carson Wentz. Frank Reich wanted him. Then they then they got rid of him because Ursay didn't want him or something like that. And they bring in Matt Ryan. Then Matt Ryan gets benched, and like a week later, basically, Frank Reich is out. That's nuts. Now they're all over the damn place. The Astros win the World Series. Dusty Baker wins his first ever World Series as a manager. He lost his previous two appearances with the Giants in 02 and the Astros in 2021. Can you believe that, though? A 19-year difference between the World Series appearances. That guy has, like, like 2,800 wins or something like that. or I mean, some, some of that nature. It's a ton of wins. Uh, but overall, Dusty Baker finally gets a win as a manager for the World Series. And last but not least, Tiger returns to the course paired with Rory in the match. The quote-unquote match on December 10th versus Jordan Speed and Justin Thomas. Now, that's going to be fun to watch because it's 12 holes. Now, I don't know exactly what the format is, but I would hope that it's going to be somewhat competitive. Like, I hope it's like a scramble or something like that uh, or even an alternate shot. That would be awesome because I love Jordan Speed. I love JT. And honestly, Tiger and Rory, I mean, all those guys like each other. Tiger, Rory, and JT all like each other. Spieth, I know him and JT are like best friends, uh, but overall, I think that, you know, I don't know how Spieth feels about him, but I mean, you're looking at it and saying four guys like that, that's going to be fun to watch. Um, maybe not for the average viewer because the average viewer isn't really going to want to watch four golfers play. They're going to want to watch, you know, popular people play. Um, and uh, overall, I just think that when it comes to, when it comes down to, this uh, entire match, I think it's gonna be fun to watch. I'm definitely gonna be tuning in. Not gonna be betting on it though, because I don't, I don't trust those things, man. Like you get, you get in there, and you're like, oh man, this guy has has a uh, really good odds. Man, he's a heavy favorite. And he goes in there and just sucks. I mean, it's it's hilarious. I mean, the, the whole entire Peyton and Tom Brady one uh, a few years back or whatever. I mean, Peyton's team, him and Tiger, just just killed it, and Tom Brady just sucked. But that was hilarious, though, because Charles Barkley ended up going in there and just roasting him every two seconds. Um, but that was pretty pretty good. So uh, I do uh, have the Sultan on hand, um, but he is not going to uh, be able to come on today. So the Sultan Seltzers should be returning here soon. But we are going to move into the DC Crossover Moneyline, sponsored by DraftKings. Everybody. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to Maryland. It won't be long until you can bet same-game parlays, money lines, props, and more with DraftKings. But you don't have to wait to get into the action. You can enter DraftKings Pick'em Free-to-Play Pool every week for a shot to win a share of $15,000 in cash prizes. Joining a free-to-play pool is simple. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app, select Pools in the menu bar, and choose from a variety of free-to-play pools for a shot to win big. Soon enough, you'll be able to bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app and sign up using the code DCCROSSOVER to enter DraftKings Pick'em Free-to-Play Pool for a shot to win big. That's DC Crossover only at 
DraftKings. Please play responsibly. For the help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 years or older and physically present in the state of Maryland. Eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing agreements. Uh, requirements, excuse me. See DraftKings.com slash MD for full terms and conditions. So, moving into the money line sponsored by DraftKings. Last week, Ben, not a great week for him. 0-2, but he will come back. Obviously, college basketball is one of his big things as well, and that's starting up soon. I went 1-1, so I kind of redeemed myself from the 0-2 previous week. The overall records, though, 5-13, and 12-6. I'm on fire in this season, uh, kind of trying to rival my second season that we had in the picks. So the money line sponsored by DraftKings. Ben's picks this week. His lock is Duke, minus 15.5 over Jacksonville. Whatever Jacksonville's mascot is, don't know. But 15.5 uh, for Duke, that could that could be pretty, pretty good. I think Baylor won today by like 50. Uh, so Duke, not a bad play for his lock. His dog, Tennessee Tech, plus 36 versus Tennessee. Now, I remember I bet on Tennessee State, I think, one time. I don't know how many schools are in Tennessee. Uh, it's Tech, State, you know, uh, whatever, something else. Uh, so that's pretty crazy. But Tennessee Tech plus 36 versus Tennessee, that's going to be fun to watch because me and Ben love the big spreads. Plus 36 for that one. My picks of the week, my lock, Rams minus three over Arizona. I think the Cardinals are in flux. I think, honestly, Kyler Murray is, is just a, a punk. I mean, honestly, I, I mean, I am a little salty because the sole fact that, you know, he was supposed to pass to uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, a little bit more in the second half, even though he got like nothing because DeAndre Hopkins called DeAndre Hopkins called him out. And I guess he didn't like that because he's a prima donna and wants to go play Xbox or something like that. But Rams minus three over Arizona. Arizona has let in 30 plus points in three straight games. So I think this is a get right game for L.A. My dog. I'm going to take the Rebels, Ole Miss, plus 11 and a half versus Alabama. I mean, this is the the game that Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin have to win to have any, any slight chance of getting into the college football playoff. Uh, Alabama, I mean, they have to win as well, but they already have two losses, so that's probably not going to happen of uh, them getting in the playoff because of the sole fact they lost to LSU this past week. But I'm going to take the Rebels, 11.5 versus Alabama, and that is in Oxford, so that's a good thing. So again, once again, the lock, Duke, minus 15.5 over Jacksonville in college basketball for Ben. His dog, Tennessee Tech, plus 36 versus Tennessee. And my lock, the Los Angeles Rams, minus 3 over the Arizona Cardinals. And my dog, Ole Miss, the Rebels, plus 11.5 versus Alabama this coming weekend. Once again, everybody, I want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the DC Crossover with Cerrone and Simpson. Another great episode. I, I always love talking about my teams and just, you know, falling back on you guys for giving us the the best, obviously, uh, suggestions to make this show better. And I, I love seeing the comments, and I love seeing all the likes and all the love we were getting on the social media outlets, especially TikTok. So definitely check out uh, DC Crossover Podcast on TikTok. You can follow us on there, uh, like some videos, go check out some old funny videos, uh, and so on and so forth. DC Crossover on Twitter, and also you can search us on YouTube to watch the full episode on YouTube. Uh, but definitely download, subscribe, rate, review, everything like that on Spotify, Apple Music, so on and so forth. And last but not least, definitely want 
to help, uh, obviously, DraftKings out as much as possible because they're our sponsor. And we love DraftKings. DraftKings is my number one sports book, and I hope for you guys to uh, start using it as well. And if you're in Maryland, it's coming to you guys as well, so you can do the free-to-play pools on the DraftKings Fantasy app as well. So once again, I am Mike Cerrone signing off for yet another episode of the DC Crossover with Cerrone and Simpson, episode number 130. So tune back next week for 131 right here on the DC Crossover.